Hello. Welcome back to Showing Up Messy. This is the podcast about diving into the messiness of our lives to gain clarity, freedom, really just everything we've ever wanted. And my name is Katie Barbaro, and this is the second week in a row we're recording an episode, and I'm really excited about it. Um, I just got off of a coaching call with one of my clients, and I felt so much just like gratitude and like the highest of vibes. And I was like, I was about to go make dinner, but I was like, why don't I just use this to record a podcast episode? Cause it'll probably be great. So we're already going to have a great podcast episode and I'm going to do this thing, which we can call we're just going to do a one and done and I'm going to record this for however long I do. And then I'm going to post it. And that's going to be what the podcast is. Sound good? Yeah, it sounds really good. That was you. You said that. Even if you didn't say it out loud, you really meant that. Um, one thing we were just talking about. And so I'll just pretend, pretend like we were, I'll just pretend like I'm talking to you because I am so we were just talking about how uh when you want something and it's coming from a place of when you're really when you're really aligned so like you know this feeling it's how I feel right now so I that's why I can actually trust that I can record this entire episode and not have to second guess myself because I'm like oh I know that I'm I'm being myself right now like I'm being true to myself I can always tell when I'm putting on another voice like based on who I think I'm talking to but when you feel that sort of groundedness in who you are and you have a desire from that place that desire is actually what it's not just what you want but it's like you're almost predicting your future so I mean and Okay, so I'm currently just like context. I'm in New York right now, and I just started working for um, a new family doing OT related, occupational therapy related work um, for this kid who's having some like it's just drug, just trouble, <laughs> just having a little trouble um, in his classroom. He's three. Um, I love it. I love this kind of work. I thought. A months ago, I was like, I think I'm going to go to New York. I think I want to go to New York and work for a bit. Um, and this opportunity just came to me really organically. Like, so um, I, I barely, I barely said anything about it. Like I mentioned it to a few people, um, but I got this email that was just referral based and it was like, I just knew that this was where I was supposed to go. And so we were talking about how, like when you have a desire, it's always a, like sometimes the desire isn't coming from that place of like real, um, like, oh, I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. But like, you don't even have to worry about that. Because if you're like, oh, I want this and it's coming from a place that's maybe more, it's not your actual desire. Like it's coming from a place of, I need something in order to be happy. Like if you go after that and you get it or you don't get it, you'll just, 
know based on that what you actually desire. Does that make sense? Like you kind of move towards, moving towards your desires is always a good idea. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, <coughs> cleared my throat. I'm, <coughs> oh God. I guess I can edit out clearing my throat. That's fine to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, I guess now I've now I've committed to editing something, so I'm like, well, I can breathe. <sighs> so thinking about our desires as marching orders from the universe is really helpful for me because it's less personal. I tend to second guess myself a lot when I think it's coming from me when I'm when I'm committed to the idea that I'm in control of my uh, future, it's much easier for me to surrender to a greater power that I'm simply channeling through my life. It's such a relief and I don't have to be so focused on being the one doing all the action. I just can focus on being and allow the doing to come from something outside of me. It's not that you don't do things. It's just that you do by allowing this greater power to work through you. Whatever you think that greater power is, it doesn't, it actually doesn't matter, but it does matter that it's authentic to you because you can't just like pretend to believe in God or a great creator if you're like I don't feel that it has to come from a place it might even just come from a feeling that you have sometimes when you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're not alone that you're not you singular human being are not completely just like creating your life on your own you're co-creating it with a power greater than yourself because how could you create something so it's not okay it's not about it's not about like how could you create this on your own like you you obviously need someone more powerful than you but it's like you're not even divorced from that power it's just this like greater life force that's being channeled through you it really wasn't my intention to talk about god today but we're doing that i guess i mean we are um, for me, that's, I mean, like, that's my, the closest, um, relationship that I have with God is this feeling of, um, this very loving energy that is, that just like when it can, when I can allow this energy to like flow through me, then it feels like magic. It just feels like, but it's not me doing it. It's, it's great. It's like when I can actually be of service to other people because I get out of my own way and I stop thinking that I'm the one serving. I'm just the one allowing this greater energy to, um, this greater power to move me like a puppet <laughs> and like the puppet though 
you're we're if we're the puppets like we definitely have personalities right we have like you know this life force flows through all of us in a very specific interesting different way and that's what's so amazing about everything does it just sound like I'm on drugs I'm like I go in and out of just like hearing what I'm saying and being like (laughs) it's like you sound crazy no let's go back to the puppet show the world is a puppet show but like yeah we're all we're all being puppeteered by God and this like this or whatever you want to call that this like life force that's flowing through us and like we can be puppets sometimes we're like no I'm not a puppet I'm my own I'm a real boy okay yeah so this is really the Pinocchio story it's all of us being like no 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 I'm real and we are real that's okay we are Pinocchio we're not just puppets we're Pinocchios because yeah, like we're definitely real, but like, what's also the difference? Because Pinocchio is a two-dimensional animated character. So even though he's a puppet turned real boy, he's still a cartoon. And that's cool, right? When you think about that, because it's like, okay, Number one, does any of this matter? Only if you decide it matters. And number two, like, okay, what does this actually mean? I think it means... <laughs> I'm just cracking myself up because I'm like, I just felt so high after this coaching call. And I'm just recording this episode from like out of nowhere. And where we've already gotten is that we're all Pinocchio because we are, um, because why he's a real boy. But then at the end of the day, yeah, he's like always just the same as Geppetto. Cause they're both, they're both cartoons in a Disney animated film that was created by a person. Right. So in that scenario, the person is God and has created, you know, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day if he thinks he's a puppet or not. Like they're both just cartoon characters. And by just cartoon characters, I don't mean that disparagingly. I just mean if they can accept that they're cartoon characters, I don't think they would care if they were a puppet or not. But we're like arguing about whether or not we're puppets or real boys. And it's like, we're missing the bigger picture, which is like, how about we just dance around with Geppetto and the and make friends with our cricket counterparts? I can't even remember the plot of Pinocchio. He gets sold into a donkey thing. A donkey? It must be a circus. Was Pinocchio a puppet? A circus puppet? There was a show. Okay, we've really gone off the rails here. I guess what I'm trying to say is that this feeling of being in flow with doing what you're supposed to be doing or what you're meant to be doing comes from surrendering rather than trying to control the circumstances of your life. Like I feel so amazingly grateful for being like I I feel like I'm able to be of service in a lot of different ways right now, which feels 
so good doing coaching with clients that I love so much and that I feel inspired talking to. I love that I can also have a high standard for the people that I work with. Like I wouldn't work with someone who doesn't inspire me and who isn't fun. So that's really, I like those I like that I can be picky like that. Um, and I also, yeah, it feels really good to be working with a new family too. I haven't been formally working in a long time. And most of the work that I've done over the past year has been volunteer work. And it feels really good to value my skills and say, this is what I will do and you can pay me for it. <laughs> so I'm really grateful for both of, both of those things. I'm also grateful for how easy it was to just move across the country to New York. Like it's just so many of my fears around travel have just come from a very untrue belief that traveling is hard. It, it doesn't have to be hard. It just it can be very easy. It's hard if you want it to be hard and it's easy if you want it to be easy. So if you, if traveling is hard, there's something in you that wants it to be hard. Like whatever we tell ourselves ends up being the truth. Yeah. Whatever our, I mean, this is how belief, this is how belief systems work. This is how belief systems become ingrained in us is that we somehow benefit from the beliefs that we hold you know, so like thinking that traveling is hard benefits me because I think it keeps me safe by, you know, staying in one place. Um, but what's interesting is like, so that belief is like that staying in one place keeps me safe. And so in order to um, honor the value of safety, like I don't um, travel. But what's interesting is like you could read, you could just change that subconscious belief to I am safe no matter where I am, which is something I believe. And it's helpful to believe that. And then traveling becomes optional. It becomes irrelevant to my safety. If I'm safe wherever I am, I could be anywhere and I would be safe. So now traveling is just whether or not I want to do it or not. That's a helpful way to look at it for me. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, but I really didn't come into this podcast with a plan. Um, but one thing I was thinking about today was how effective it is to be really authentic with, well, everybody in your life, but especially with children. Um, this is an idea that it's not just an idea. It's also true, <laughs> but I mean, ideas can be true, but this is an idea that I've thought and is also has had practical implications. But a lot of times as adults, we talk to children like they're children. What we really need to do. Okay. This is my new radical viewpoint. It's that we actually need to talk to children like they're adults. And in order to do that, we need to start talking to ourselves like we are children. So start talking to yourself, talk to the inner child inside of you that has fears and needs and wants that are 
not being met or that feel like they haven't been met. And the way to parent effectively with other, with your children is actually to parent your inner child effectively because there's, there are these parts of you that feel, you know, any, any time that you feel a fear or like an, an anxiety or, um, any sort of scarcity comes from a need that wasn't met of yours as a child. And so that's why it can feel kind of overwhelming to see when your actual child has needs. And I just see a lot of parents have the reaction of pretending to be in charge when they don't actually feel in charge. Um, so it's almost like they have to fake it. Like, well, I guess I'm the grown up here. So I have to like tell them everything's going to be okay. But really if you, unless like you actually, you know, like obviously always tell kids that everything's going to be okay. Cause guess what it actually is. But the problem is that like adults don't actually believe that when they're saying it to the kids. So they're just like transferring their own fears onto the child. Whereas what you can actually do is recognize that any fear that your child's having is probably one that you have yourself because that's how fear gets passed on normally. Um, and so it's not so much about trying to fix it in your child, but actually fixing it. And by fixing, I don't really love using the word fixing, but like, um, addressing it in yourself, acknowledging your own unmet needs or your own fears and responding in a way that you would respond to a, a small child who is helpless and like just needs a hug and just needs to know that it's, it's going to be okay. You can do that for yourself. Access the part of yourself that is afraid or that doesn't know how to express themselves and, and be the parent for those, those parts of you that want to be expressed or that want to um, share or that want to feel. <clears throat> okay, it really is funny. I have to clear my throat all the time when I do this. And I seriously think it's because having like sharing like this in a public way is really releasing a lot that I'm holding onto in my throat. It is so fascinating and cool. We'll see how many of these I cut out. <laughs> um, you know, thinking about how to parent your children effectively is actually there's so many books out there on this. And I was, I've been talking to a lot of my friends who are parents. I'm not a parent. So sometimes I feel weird about giving advice to parents or future parents, but I, I feel like a future parent and I've definitely done a lot of parenting of myself. So that's, and I also have worked with a lot of parents professionally. <laughs> so that's, those are my credentials. That's so take this with a grain of salt. I don't have my own kids, but let me tell you how to do your job. Um, no, I've, I've talked to a lot of parents, um, who I'm friends with and, you know, it, it seems like there's a, there can be this desire to like find the answer and look externally. You know, there's countless 
specialists and there's podcasts and there's books and there's all of these, um, you know, the internet has just really provided us with like a, what would we call it? It's not really an amusement park. It's more like, it's more just like a, an encyclopedia park. It's like a unhelpful encyclopedia park because when you go when you go out externally to look for what the right answer is, it removes your locus of control from inside your body and puts it out there, puts it out into the world and makes you feel like even less steady than you would if you didn't ever consult an outside source. So when you're navigating the role of a parent or this like maybe a new role of parenthood, it can be really overwhelming to see it from that perspective of like, oh God, the right answer is out there somewhere. I have to find it. But there's like conflicting advice on every single side, right? Um, And so the answer really lies, like I think the thing that parents need most is actually discovering their own inner wisdom when it comes to their own lives and then accessing that when it comes to parenting as well. And I would say that this is what everybody needs, right? Because we've kind of gone into this information age where so much is available to us and we could potentially know, quote unquote, so many things, but knowing in your body is a really different experience. And so connecting more deeply with your own intuition, and then that intuition can actually guide you to the outside resources that are in fact helpful. I'm not saying that you need to go like live in a cave to raise your babies and then come out, but, but really getting in touch with like what is true for you will help you make decisions in parenting. And like, I don't think there are enough people empowering parents to like really, really lean into that. Right. Cause like, I think people who are working with parents are often want their business, right? Like we just live in this consumerist. Okay. Let me just go off on capitalism and consumerism, but like we, <laughs> I don't know, this is, everything has to do with that. Cause we, this is America. If you're listening to this in America, but if you're not, whatever it's you you get it um but like we're all competing for you know like well my answer to your problem is the right answer it's like that's how all advertising is just based on you are wrong or like you need this let me tell you what your problem is and why you need this and it's just the most unhelpful thing for a human evolution because It's creating really insecure people who don't realize that they already have all of the answers they need inside of them. And so it's like this, this trap of like, let's disempower people and then show them how we're their guide to becoming empowered again. Whereas the truth is their guide lies within them already. So I really went off on a tangent here, but the tangent is also the point and it's just that um i think the first step to getting to a point where you feel confident about starting a family and like having um 
just like making decisions, like becoming, becoming the parent to a child first involves becoming the parent to your own inner child. And there's no wrong way to start this. There's no wrong time to start this. It's not like, oh, dang it, we messed up. We already have four kids and, you know, I guess we messed them up. It's like, no, you can have fully grown 40-year-old kids for all care, you know, and like you can still do this work and it's it's going to help. Well, it's going to help you, but it's also going to just help all of humanity because healing these wounds in yourself are going to actually make the world a just a smoother it's just a, just a better place we're just making a better world um but obviously that making the world change starts with like how we treat kids and how we raise children you know it's not about parenting children it's about parenting adults right children are our future adults and so like talking to them how you would talk to a grown up is so important, right? Like realizing we're no different. They're just at a different stage in their evolution. And sure, we know some things they don't know because we're like, hey, welcome to Earth. This is what we do here. Um, I'm figuring it out too. I'm actually reparenting my inner child right now. Um, so I'm going to do my best to parent you while I parent me. Um, but you know, it's like work. I'm going to love you as much as I, as much as I possibly can, which is infinitely because I have unconditional love for you and myself and all of humanity. That's how we were built. So yeah, I'm just going to be real with you. That's a nice way to talk to kids, right? Just like, we're just being real. Like if you're having a hard time, I don't need to pretend like I know how to fix it. You can just think about when you've had a hard time and then what actually helped you. Just being present with a child does so much in shifting any discomfort that they're having because any discomfort that they're having or that you're having, any feeling that you're having that's getting your attention is doing exactly that. It just wants your attention. It just wants you to focus your attention on it in a way that allows it to move and allows it to be seen. So shifting the way that we look at our, you know, quote unquote, negative emotions or fears, those things, those, those feelings of discomfort are just asking for your attention. And as soon as you pause and really give your attention to that, they dissolve. The same is true for kids. You know, if a child is dysregulated, is like upset and crying and there's something that they're trying to communicate, um, there's some need of theirs that isn't being met. And so saying, oh, I see that you're, I see that you're upset. I see that you're sad. Um, and maybe you don't know what, well, why they're sad, or maybe you have an idea of why, what it might be like, oh, you were upset because that other kid like looked at you kind of looked at you in a way that was confusing. Okay. That's not a good example. <laughs> but it's like, Oh, you're sad because you didn't get picked or you're sad. And, and you know, whatever it is, like just you focusing your presence and attention on that is 
already going to alleviate so much of the pain. And I was thinking about this this week as I'm working with this new client who is three. And, you know, I notice like when he is the most present with me is when I'm really just talking to him about like what's actually going on um, for, for me, you know, like I was actually, I was helping him wash his hands and I like bent down um, and whacked my knee on the, this tile bathroom corner. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, I just got a really big boo-boo. It really, really hurts. Ow, this hurts so bad. I mean, it really did. If I were by myself, I would have been saying the worst words, like all of the bad words. I was like, okay. And I just like really talked it out. I was like, wow, I really thank you for hearing me. I really needed to talk about this. And he was so present with me, right? Because he knew that was like, ouch, you know? And actually, now that I think about it, having him watch me manage that pain was more impactful for him probably than anything I could tell him about, okay, if your body's too excited, you can squeeze your hands, you know, like that maybe doesn't land as much as like, okay, this is hurting a lot. It really helps me to tell you about it. Thank you. Um, yeah. So that goes back to like watching, you know, kids don't do what you say. They do what you do. Um, and so, the only thing you need to be a, an empowering, effective parent <laughs> is to be willing to face your own discomfort in your life and your own, um, the, the needs of your own inner child and allowing yourself to be seen in that process, especially allowing yourself to be seen by your child in that process. Like how impactful would it be if you allowed your child to see you be sad, really feel that, really let yourself feel your, your sadness. And my guess is that you wouldn't let yourself stay sad and wallow if you're being watched by your child. You would get to some level of truth around it. Like, okay. I'm feeling really sad right now. Sometimes it helps me to cry when I'm sad. Sometimes it helps me to talk about it when I'm sad. Sometimes I want to hug when I'm sad. Um, do you ever feel sad? Just inviting really anybody, but especially your child into that experience of, okay, this is what it looks like to be sad. That's what I can do when I'm sad instead of, we are only sad behind closed doors because we don't want to expose our kids to like negative emotions. Um, so allow inviting them in to that, to the authenticity of your experience helps them be able to manage the feelings that they have inside of them as well. And this is my theory on how to change the world. So <laughs> if you're on board, just dive into what your inner child may be needing or wanting right now. 
This has been really fun. Uh, I could talk longer because obviously I could talk forever. Could you tell? This is, is this why I should have a weekly podcast? Because like an hour a week, that's fairly enough. Um, I kind of do want to stop talking though, <laughs> surprisingly, uh, because I think I would like for these to be on the shorter side. Um <clears throat> So what did we talk about today? We talked about how I was feeling really high from a great coaching session. And I wanted to give that, um, <laughs> and wanted to put that energy into recording a podcast episode. Good job us. Uh, number two, moving towards our desires are always, it's always helpful. And when you desire something that's really in alignment with who you are, it's not even like you're getting it, like you're going out and making it happen. You just are letting it happen. You're just allowing it to happen. And then we talked about Pinocchio. And then we talked about how to be a parent. <laughs> um, and the surprising realization that it starts with parenting yourself. And then parenting a kid is just easy. God, isn't that the worst? Like having a non-parent say how easy it is to parent. <laughs> I'm going to have a really easy parenting experience. I'm deciding. Oh yeah. We also talked about limiting beliefs and how if you think something's going to be easy, it will be. That's true. I mean, I just, I guess what I'm, I feel, you, you know, you can feel my discomfort at making any parenting claims regardless of, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you don't know what I'm saying. Maybe this is very inflammatory. What I always, I always just worry about being very inflammatory. <laughs> um, no, it's okay. I think you probably understand. Uh, thank you for listening. It was a pleasure to record this and share this with you. And um, I'll talk to you again next week. Because we do this podcast every week. What? So fun. Um, okay. Thanks for being here. Keep showing up messy. Bye.